take thou authority to preach the gospel. Indeed, I look upon all the world as my parish. Welcome back to another one of our stories from the field. Your chance to hear an anonymous story from a church planter. And it's anonymous to protect them so we get the true, raw stories that come out of our experiences. But also in hopes that perhaps by it being anonymous, the story you're about to hear is one that becomes your own as well. Enjoy. So with Stories at the Edge... I say that I often, often say I'm one of the luckiest pastors ever because I really do get to practice the heavenly banquet like every time we gather. Everybody shows up and they don't just kind of show up, they show up with their whole selves. They are vulnerable and they are courageous and they laugh and they cry um, and it's really, really hard to name what happens in that space. But every once in a while, somebody just nails it and gets it right. Um, But it's not just that we open the doors and let people come in. So we are extremely intentional about invitation. I decided not to do marketing. We do very little Facebook stuff uh, because I expect the people that come to have an invitation in their hands to go out into the world to invite people to come in. And they do that really well. And one of the reasons they do that is we, as, you know, as leadership, we model that well for them too. So I spend a lot of time, a lot of time hanging out in bars and getting to know the people, especially in one bar right next to the church. It's an arcade slash bar, which means I can go and I can play Frogger and tell church people I was playing video games in the arcade. Um, or I can go and hang out. And one day, me and a friend walk in, and the bartender says, hey, did you hear what happened to Bozo's kid? Now, you have to know, Bozo is his nickname. I did get the full story of why his nickname was Bozo once, but I don't really remember the thing. I I just remember he's huge, and he's wide, and he's the bouncer, and something happened to his kid. And his uh, 16-year-old, I think he was a 15-year-old kid at the time, had been riding his bike, wrecked his bike in the middle of the afternoon, went to stay at a friend's house, um, woke up in the middle of the night throwing up. So they took him to the hospital, and he uh, ended up in a coma and with a severe head injury, a traumatic brain injury. And um, so we walked through this process with Bozo and his family. Um, The next time we went in, we asked how he was doing, how the kid was doing. We asked if we could go visit the family in the hospital, and we did. And and one day we walk in, we're like, how, how's he doing? How's your kiddo? And he's like, you know, we just don't know. We think we're gonna have to pull the plug. And then the next time we went in and asked, you know, how is he doing? We're praying, we care. Uh, he's like, you know, there's some hope. We think he might be okay, but we're not sure how, how well he'll think if he wakes up, if he'll be him. And the next time we went in and, and we're like, how's he doing? He's like, you know, he flipped off his mom today, so we're pretty sure he's going to be okay. <laughs> And he was. I mean, his kid came back. 
you know, they, we, we checked in when he went to rehab and we checked in and heard the story when we, when he went home. And, and at one point we asked Bozo if he wanted to come share. Hey, will you come share the story of your kid and, and what happened? And, um, Bozo said, absolutely. I would love to come and share. So uh, that week or the week after he came in, um, and his kid came, and then his wife came, and his ex-wife came, and then a friend came, and another friend came, and another friend came, and, and eventually, so they didn't want to get separated, so they all sat at the same table, and I think there was 10 people at an eight-person round. Like, they kept scooting over for their friends to come sit, and you could tell these people did not do church. Now, there's a couple of things. First, they kept watching their language. So it was one of those times that I was really intentional about cussing from the pulpit because they would get to the middle of a sentence and just stop, and you could tell they were filtering through, okay, which word is totally appropriate in this space and which one can I not use? Um, so so I, I gave them permission by, you know, setting the stage and... Um, one of the, they, um, they all had tattoos. Most of them looked, like, except for the 10 and 11 year old, most of them looked like they had spent at least some time in jail or prison. Uh, one of them, uh, I was talking to him and he's like, you know, I only have one tattoo. And I'm looking at this guy going, okay, that is not one tattoo. Like, he was, he's like, yes, I have one tattoo, um, everything, I think, but his neck. Uh, or somewhere, including his eyelids. So he was tattooed, and Bozo got up to share, and the entire table was absolutely in tears. Not, not gentle, a tear kind of running down your face tears, but absolutely bawling, snot running, tissues. Oh my gosh, what's happening in this moment? Type tears. Um, and at some point, Bozo brought his son up and they stood and, and Bozo really talked about how his son was recovering and the, the length he still had to go. Um, and it was one of the most powerful nights in that space at that time. And uh, a couple of weeks later, I, I asked Bozo, so what did, you, what did your son think of having you get up and tell this story about him? And Bozo said, you know, after the night was over, I took him to the car. They were moving him from the wheelchair into the van. He said, Chris, you know, how did it go? And Chris, bawling still, said, you know, it's like a ton of weight has just been lifted off of my shoulders. Field Preachers Podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.